Welcome to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. Currently, I'm joined by Manuel Herrera. Uh, Manuel currently serves as the innovation coordinator for the Afton School District, located in a suburb of St. Louis. He's an adjunct professor for Webster University, teaching digital video for educators and designing ed tech facilities. In addition to these roles, Manuel is the communications and design lead for Connected Learning, an educational nonprofit located in St. Louis. Manuel has keynoted, presented, and led workshops at educational conferences such as South by Southwest EDU, ISTE, TCEA, MassQ, FETC, and .edu. He specializes in sketchnoting, visual thinking, design thinking, and 3D printing and design. In 2018, Manuel became a Google innovator at LAX18, and in 2016, he was named the Midwest Education Technology Conference Spotlight Educator. You can follow Manuel on Twitter and Instagram at ManuelHerrera33. Manuel, welcome to the program. Hey, Brandon. Uh, thanks for having me on. Super excited to uh, to chat with you. Yeah, so, you know, we I, I just went through your bio, and you're doing tons of really cool stuff, and you're coming to MassQ here in the fall in Massachusetts, uh, all the way from St. Louis. So... You're going to talk to us a bit about visual thinking and sketch noting, um, and I definitely want to get into talk about the Google Innovator program. But let's start with visual thinking. How did you come across kind of getting into this area in education? Uh, you know, it's it's actually something I've I'd always done as a kid. Um, honestly, it was a um, I've 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 always drawn. I've always kind of been, I guess, you know, an artist at heart uh, as a, as a kid, and so. I was the kid in class who drew, who doodled, who sketched on task, off task, um, to stay on task, and always got in trouble for it. Um, it wasn't something that was, you know, accepted because, you know, when we were in class, we weren't in art class. And so um, it was hard. It was tough because it was something I really loved to do. And, and I, like I said, I would do it to kind of just keep my mind focused. So I would doodle and draw like in the margins. I draw my book covers. I draw in the books. Um, and uh, it helped me focus. It just helped me stay listening to what the teacher was saying. It wasn't necessarily writing anything, writing anything down that the teacher was saying, but it helped me stay focused. My mind didn't wander. Um, and for so long through my kind of growing up, going through the school system, uh, I was told you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. That's art. That's not, we don't have time for that. So uh, I was pretty bummed and, you know, kind of, I still did it, but I had to kind of do it behind closed doors or kind of do it uh, in a sneaky kind of way. And then when I got into college, it kind of perked back up again. You know, it's, it was my way of taking notes. It was my way of, um, of listening to lectures. And again, it was just, just doodling in the margins. It really wasn't necessarily a note-taking process just yet. And as as I went through college, it eventually evolved into like, oh, I'm drawing my notes now. Like it was just a natural thing that I did. So I eventually I became a teacher. Um, I taught special ed and middle school, which I loved middle school kids, man. They are, <laughs> they're awesome. You have to be a little yeah. crazy. Yeah, you definitely to do. do. <laughs> to, do you, to do middle school, man, you got to be a little crazy. And um, I mean, just every, you know, hormones, everything. So I, I had a group of special ed students that I would follow around to classes. We, we, we caught in Texas where I originally taught where I'm from. Uh, it was called inclusion. And so we would have kids that I would follow around, five, ten kids, into classrooms, and we would take notes. And this was very traditional note-taking that they were asking our kids to to do. And so it kind of put me back into, like, oh, everyone, I was a kid. This is kind of how I paid attention. In college, this is kind of how it evolved in notes. And so I would I would kind of sketch what the teacher was saying in my own notebook, in my own notebook. 
book, I would do this. And then I would go later and, you know, we'd meet with my students like, okay, this is, this is what, you know, Mr. Civic was saying in social studies. So I'd pull out notes and I'd show them and, you know, it kind of started to click for kids like, oh, okay, now I get, you know, X, Y, and Z. Now I get, you know, the American revolution and how those, you know, events evolved and who, who does this. And, oh, now I kind of understand, you know, some of the things we're talking about in science. And I was like, wow, okay. So this kind of, this is working. Something here is, is really cool. Um, and so, as an inclusion teacher, you worked with co-teachers, and um, they did not like that. They did not like that I was drawing um, and asking kids to draw. So it kind of goes back. I got back to like, you don't do that. This is an art class. <laughs> you found the same roadblocks you did as a student. Yeah, it was yeah. it was so frustrating. Here I am, an adult trying to like, you know. So this was like 2003, 2004. So fast forward to 2000. I don't know, 2010, 2011. I'm working at, this is a long story, I apologize. No, 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 it's all good stuff. Because we started teaching around the same time. I started teaching in 2002 and I was in a middle school and I was working with, I was the youngest person in the building by years at 22. And when, you know, I'd, same kind of thing, I'd say like, well, how about we try this? And it would be like, you know, four other people on the team would kind of perk their eyebrows up and be like, what? Right. <laughs> you, you know, like, so we were young, we were both young people, both interested in technology and interested in different kinds of thinking that the it was definitely not the the people who were we were working with i i would imagine that you know you're probably at that point working with 20 and 30 year veteran teachers who started teaching in the 70s that you know it was sit up sit in the rows you know pay attention oh yeah focus here's your notebook here's your binder where's your pencil um oh yeah like but every classroom looked the same yeah like yeah and, and the same. right and it's in in special education it's all about the least restrictive environment so if taking notes with uh, sketch noting is the way to go, then, you know, we see this now, but you were, yeah, you were it, way ahead of your time then. It, it was, you know, it was, it was kind of just like, okay, I mean, you know, I'm going to put the pencils back in the pencil box and, you know, okay, we'll, we'll take Cornell notes. That was really popular. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I was just like, okay, well maybe this isn't, maybe this is just a me thing. Like, you know, so I, I didn't have kind of that seniority. I didn't have that voice just yet. Um, but I continued to do it. I still kind of continued, but more so kind of in the graphic organizer realm. That right. was more accepted, kind of right. graphic, because this was like Marzano. We were all reading Marzano in, in non-linguistic representations, and graphic organizers were like one of the top, whatever, seven or eight or things that he had. So I kind of would sneak it in the, into those. Um, but it wasn't until I was in Afton. I'd already, I moved to St. Louis. I was in Afton, the school district I'm in now. Um, we, a team of us created, uh, this design space at a high school because, um, it's what we needed and it was just a place for kids to come in and, um, really think through projects, think through presentations, build, make, it wasn't a maker space in a sense, uh, but we really helped them through the design process in a way. Um, and it was sitting at a table with a group of kids who needed a 3d print and, um, they said, okay, Herrera, we need to use your 3d printer. Uh, we need to make this thing, and, and they kind of had this, like, miming activity that began, and their hands are like, okay, well, it's going to be this big and that big, and they're like, you know, no, 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 it's going to look like this. So I grabbed a marker, and I'm like, okay, well, let's sit at this table, and let me see, this is what I hear you saying, and I kind of kind of sketch it out real loosely of what they're trying to do, and they're like, yeah, 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 that's 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 what we try, yeah, okay, okay, and then they keep they keep talking, and I keep drawing, and then one of the students grabs a marker, and he contributes to the drawing. And he starts to like, no, 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 so we want to do this too. And we want to add, I'm like, okay, here we, here we are again. You know, third time, third time that we're, you know, I'm, I'm attempting this. And I kind of take it and I just run with it. I'm, I'm at a point where, man, this is, I'm in, this is my 17th year in education. So this was, uh, you know, I don't know, five or six years ago. 
So I was kind of at the point where I was like, you know what? I don't care. I've been teaching this long. I've got, you know, I've got a voice now. I've got some clout. I'm just going to run with this. Yeah. So um, I just started doing it. I started to explain to the students like, okay, the next time you come in, I need you to have this drawing kind of mocked up so we can talk about it. So the next group would come in. Oh, we need a 3D print, miming exercise. I grab a marker. We draw. Eventually, after the fourth and fifth group came in, they started to come in with drawings because it kind of got back to the classroom like, oh, Herrera is going to make you draw this. You need to do it. And so it kind of evolved from there. Um, So this is where kind of it's been an interesting journey for me because there's sketchnoting and I believe there's kind of like drawing to show thinking um, and ideas. And so that's where I came to a crossroad at some points because this was around the time also Sonny Brown's – TED Talk came out, Doodle Revolution, her book came out. Um, if you haven't had a chance to see Sonny Brown's TED Talk on doodling, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. Like, she's, ex- she's put this into words that I cannot say, and, and now she's bringing awareness to it or, 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 or talking about the benefits of it. Um, but I came at this, you know, sketching was gaining popularity. I'm doing this. I'm like, which path do I take? Do I even not even take a path and just do my thing? Um, and so I lean more towards using drawing to help kids show thinking and ideas and iteration and brainstorming and just what does that look, how does an idea evolve from a sketch? And so, which is different than what, if we were to Google sketch noting right now, what we would see, um, you know, that's very much a note taking a one directional process. That's a, a teacher pushing information to students, right? And, that, and that's fine. That's, that, is a, that is what, you know, we do that with kids. We do push information to kids. Kids consume, they process in their head, and then they draw it. Um, I was going more the avenue of, I am pulling ideas out of kids' heads. I am making thinking, they're, they're thinking visual in a sense, where they have these ideas from a prototype to a presentation to a graphic to a video. All that's in their heads, right? And, and kids are asked to work in groups and with partners, and even if you, you and I, Brandon, were working on something, I don't know what's in your head. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't understand your thought process. But if we can put it on a, on a surface in some way and, and talk about it and look at it and agree upon it, um, we, can, we, can move, we can move forward a little more efficiently. Yeah, and, and that's we, our you... ideas can evolve. And it's, and it's funny because it's before we ever grab a tool. It's before we ever right. say, we're making a PowerPoint. Right, we're making right. a Google slide. It's... It's all that thinking. So that's kind of where, 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 where my jam is, um, is with that. I, I enjoy that so much because we ask kids to design all the time. Yeah, and that, and, that kind of design thinking is what you see in industry. You'd see in, in research and development, you'd see a group of people sitting down talking about something in the white wall, you know, with the marker board wall, and they'd be, you know, drawing stuff all over the board and trying to, to fish out those ideas to create the product. There's no sense in, I mean, you know, I, I kind of grew up doing some, some construction work, but it was always like, you know, measure twice, cut once. You don't just right. start cutting wood, cutting wood and throwing right. it together for a deck. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to steal your analogy there next time I present. But, but <laughs> I, I yeah, like, yeah. I, I like that analogy. Yeah. I mean, it, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's apropos because you sit down and you think about 
okay, so here are the potential, here's what we'd like to do. We, ha- we want this deck to be off the back of the house, but the entrance is here and um, we can't have a step down because of this reason. And we have to be aware of these codes um, because of the law. And we have this, you know, a septic tank in the yard we have to be aware of. And the footings have to be in certain places. It can't just happen like, you know, we go to the hardware store and we buy a bunch of wood and throw it up against the house and hope that it looks like a deck. Right. And what we do, you know, we, we, we do that with kids. We give them the, like, you know, the bandsaw, we're like, look at this bad boy. It's yeah. diesel operated, <laughs> you know, and it's like, look, you're going to be able to create the best deck ever. Like, no, that's not how that works. Right. Like, that's, you know, it, and that's what happened with 3D printing. I, I was, you know, I, I kind of fell into that with 3D printing. I was like, hell yeah, we have a 3D printer. We're going to make all this cool stuff. Right. And I realized like, no, kids don't like to design. Kids don't like to, to draw that. Some kids do and some kids don't. And so, it went back to like, well, you know, kids have great ideas, so let's at least validate those and put them down and draw and work through them. Yeah. And if they, if they want to 3D print or they want to build or make or prototype, they can they can eventually go to the next step. We we were already jumping to the prototype. We were already jumping to the like the tool. And I think some I think that had to do with like that's a press release. Look at what our school has. You know, we have makerspaces across all four of our campuses. Right, we have, right, right. Um, 3D printers and laser cutters. And so, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, grab the pendulum and swing it back the other way. Like, no, 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 let's go back to some analog stuff and some, and, and to a point, to a point. Um, because we do use some digital drawing with our kids um, as well. But it's it's still visual, like working through that first. It was, it was a funny story. I, I worked at the high school, another high school in our area with the business class and I was teaching kids, you know, some, some brainstorming techniques and some ideation techniques and methods. And, um, we, we, we'd come up with these mock problems and they'd work through them just to kind of understand the, how to, how to brainstorm and what that means. And, you know, I was showing them like, look at this, like you came up with, you know, 20 ideas and we narrowed it down to these five and then you fine tuned to these two. And then you were able to present and talk about this. I said, man, that's, that's creativity. It's just a sketch and a drawing. And we use some post-it notes and, and some cardboard, I said, man, that's creativity. I mean, that's, you look at all these ideas you had. I said, it's not about what you made in the end. And he's like, wow. He's like, I'm a senior right now. And I've been working on stuff, you know, all 12, 13 years. And teachers always told me to be creative, but I never knew what that meant. Right. And I was right. like, holy cow. Like, how often do we tell kids, just go be creative? Yeah. I don't know. You, you, can, you can make anything you want. Just be creative. But kids don't know what that means. Right. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. And if they do, they think they assume it's it's the pretty stuff that I see on TV. Like that's creativity. Well, that's a product of creativity. I think. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the creative process. Um, you know. And I and I and I think that. I, I don't know. I think more work needs to be done around that. Even even on my end, like more work, more research. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't know. I don't claim to know it all, but I, I do claim to know that. I'm getting better results with kids by helping them kind of understand what it means to take an initial idea, explode it into 20 ideas, fine tune those ideas, get feedback from people on those ideas and iterate. And they just come up with better stuff. Like they just come up with better solutions, better products, better thinking. Um, And that's something that they can carry with them when they graduate to whatever they decide to go into. Um, And, and for me, like, that's like, I did my job. Like, you know, like I, I did my job with that student or that group of students, um, you know, and, and, and it wasn't tool based. I'm, I'm ranting now, but you know, I don't know. Like, uh, so that, that's visual thinking for me. That's the Avenue I go. Um, I still do. I do some visual, I do some sketch noting on my own. You know, we're having the sketch noters cafe, 
Um, I, I definitely trickle stuff into that. Um, but sometimes I think that can, we get caught up in the pretty in that too. Right, um, right. You know, in, in my, but, I know like in my own sketch noting, I am not an artist whatsoever. Now I, I, I can paint, but it's houses. That's my medium. Right. So, <laughs> so, so my, you know, when I sit down to, to do, to do some sketch noting, it's more of like, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the little Pearl Jam stick, stick man. Like that was always my, he, he was kind of my person in, uh, in my sketch noting because it was easy. It was quick. And it was about the ideas on the paper and not about the art. Um, in, in, as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I want to, I do want to know a bit about sketch Noters cafe and you're coming to mask you. We're going to talk a bit about that. Um, so it, how did you come, how did you come through with it? How did this come about? Um, uh, well, 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 quick, quick side note, uh, the to Pearl jam, dude, I'm a huge Pearl jam fan. Um, <laughs> my handwriting to this day is modeled off of Eddie Vedder's liner notes from excellent, 10. Excellent. So yes, I have drawn that guy many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm like, so, if, if there were a tattoo, it would be the little stick man guy, but it's kind of, I think that's kind of been done to death at this point. But <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've had that same. So sketchers cafe. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. This is our second year to do it. Um, I wish I could say that this was my idea. It was not my idea. This was uh, kind of the brainchild of Kim Zajac, yep. uh, one of your board members there. Sure. Um, I, you know, I'm not really sure how she came up with this idea. She's, I know at one point we had connected uh, via Twitter and um, we're chatting and she had mentioned like, she's like, Hey, mass Q is coming up in the fall. This is probably in the summer. I think after ISTE of the last year. And she said, I know you do a lot of sketch noting. We're, we're, we're thinking about, we have this idea of um, taking like the bloggers cafe that's at ISTE, um, which if you're not familiar with, it's, you know, a, a, it's, an area or a space where a lot of people meet up and um, it's just usually they try to put it pretty centrally. They make it centrally located and it's just a place for people to meet. It's like, Hey, I'll just meet you at the bloggers cafe. Yeah. Hey, I'll head, you know, head there. And so Kim was like, I want to take that idea of the bloggers cafe and central location and serendipitous, you know, collisions of people and, and, and revolve it around um, sketch noting or drawing. And I was like, Oh dude, I'm in like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And so, um, we set it up last year, and the way we did it was um, we had tables, kind of cafe tables, cafe-style seating, and you know for people to actually sit at tables or stand at tables. But what we wanted to do was introduce the idea of visual thinking and sketchnoting. And so Kim and I sat, and we came up with some activities to place at each table. And so when people kind of were there sitting and talking and chatting, they had this visual in front of them asking them to do something. Um, and it would be an activity um, around maybe brainstorming. So it might be like a brainstorming technique and how to do that um, and what that might look like. And then we left um, notepads, notepads of paper for people to kind of show their show their work and uh, and leave it. And so for the next person who comes around and sees like, oh, this is what they did for this brainstorming activity or this is what they did for the storyboarding activity and so forth. And then we had um, different people um, kind of man the station, kind of walk around. So like I did it, Kim did it. A couple of the folks did it, and uh, we were there to kind of help and kind of get kind of get the ball rolling for people who were just kind of either confused or just weren't sure or kind of apprehensive. Um, I think I'd even did a couple of like kind of pop up sessions because enough people were like, "Yeah, let's let's talk about this," um, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and so yeah, that's really cool. And and the the connection that you made with Kim through Twitter. I mean, ed, I I think education Twitter is the best Twitter. Um, <laughs> the Twitter in general can be a cesspool, um, you know, given the fact that people are so anonymous on it and they, 
you know, the sure. connect, connection with anyone, um, you know, from the president all the way down to your next door neighbor. Um, and you can go back and forth with them so you can see how bad Twitter can be. But the best I really think the best of Twitter is education Twitter. And, and if you're if you're a teacher and you're listening to this podcast and you're not on Twitter for some reason, you need to get on Twitter and you need to connect with people. And I know in our district, we created a list of, you know, people if you're starting out on Twitter, these are the people you should follow and these are the chats you should follow. Um, you know, and, and the PD that's available on Twitter is just so good. Uh, and the connections you can make is so good. And I mean, here we are talking because you connected with Kim on Twitter. So yeah, right. It is. It's a, it's a, it's definitely like the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting people, you know, I, I moved to St. Louis uh, about 10 years ago and I didn't know anyone here. Um, and so I had a Twitter account, never used it in Texas, never used it in my school district. This was early too. I mean, it was like 2003, 2004. Uh, well, it was before Twitter, so like right before I left. So 2009 um, is kind of when I started it, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then I moved here, and I kind of started using it, and it I connected with so many people here in St. Louis that were in education, and then it kind of went past. So yeah, it is, it's is—it's a huge, it's a powerful tool. Yeah, I mean, um, when I first started using Twitter, it was to send out homework assignments to students. I would, no, no I would have them follow me. Um, they would set up the text alerts on their phones. Yeah. Um, so then I would send a tweet of what the homework was and they'd get the text message. Um, and that was, uh, that was, clever. that was how I reached them as far as the homework was going. And I saw all of a sudden I see, you know, the, the turn in rate on my homework was through the roof. <laughs> it was great. Um, but you know, now, you know, if I look back at my first original tweets, it's all like homework, chapter four, section one, <laughs> take notes, read the questions, you know, right. come, come in with three questions. Uh, now it's, you know, uh, back and forth with other educators and, and you know, connections made at ISTE and MassQ and uh, and other things like that, which is just great. So um, what is your plan this year for MassQ? So um, we are still kind of in the works of, of thinking through things. We've brought, we've brought a couple of the people um, on board uh, to, to help us work. Uh, work on this and I'm, I'm they're gonna kill me because I can't remember their their names um, there uh, it's two people that Kim uh, Kim works closely with but so we're, there's like four people on our team and we're kind of working through that what are we gonna where are we gonna put it what is it gonna look like this year we are moving it it was upstairs um, near the suites now I think we're gonna be on the level uh, that the um, ex- expo hall is so we're oh, gonna good, be kind of good. one of the far ends of the expo hall uh, from what I last heard, we're looking at furniture, like how can we maybe get some, you know, some different kind of seating for people, but we wanted to be a little more visible this time. Um, I, I, as far as activities go, I'm not hundred percent sure what we're going to do just yet. Um, I am excited that we're trying to get some, uh, some type of visual, like large visual monitor screen to, um, kind of advertise or let people kind of show what they've done. Um, as for people who are walking by, so th- those are kind of the, kind of the, some of the details that I do know. We we had a meeting. We're having a meeting set up uh, coming up to discuss those and kind of start to like iron out some ideas. Yeah, it'd be cool if you um, could set up a wakelet with you know if, as things are as things are being added. That's not a bad idea, you know, and have that up as the projection, um, and then all of a sudden you've got two days worth of sketch noting from th- you know uh, hun- hundreds yeah. of educators. So just a. My. You're on the team now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how I ended up with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. Yeah, so um, I'm excited. I'm excited to do it again. Um, you know, hopefully now people you know had heard about it from last year. We'll kind of at least kind of look for it this year. It was new last year. Um, we'll create some some advertisements, I'm sure, uh, for it. So, awesome. yeah, awesome. And and the last thing I did want to talk about is Google Innovator Academy. Um, and you were in the LAX 18 group. Um, with uh, another MassQ member, um, Susanna Summers, who's in Waltham. Um, 
how did you get interested in Google Innovator? How did your process, what'd your process look like? And I, I don't know, this, a lot of this goes back to the design thinking and visual thinking that you talked about earlier in the podcast. So it's an, I think it's a nice way to kind of wrap things up. Sure. Yeah. I, w- I went last been a year now. We, um, uh, how did I get into it? So, uh, about five years ago when I came to my district, I came as the one-to-one coordinator and uh, we were going one-to-one with Chromebooks. And so that's when I kind of started to even learn that it even existed. Um, I didn't really keep up with it. My district previous to that was not Google. We were all Microsoft. And so as soon as I found out we were Google, I did more digging. Um, and I was interested, I was interested, but I just couldn't find the time to do it. So I finally, uh, last year found the time to put together a project. So the way it works is you have to come up with a problem that you would like to solve in education. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a solution. You need to have a problem that you're looking to solve. And so that got tricky because you, you know, we, we tend to want to be, you know, solve the problem. We tend to want to like just come up with the answer. And so, um, my project after working with kids, doing design thinking with them, visual thinking with them is that, um, you know, a lot of us in education haven't been outside of education. Um, you know, I've, I've spent a little time out, outside of it. I was a business major uh, before I became a teacher. But a lot of us haven't, like, experienced this real world that we're talking to, we're saying that we're setting our kids up for. And so I wanted to kind of meet, collide those two worlds. How do I take, you know, the industry, business world, you know, trade, and combine that into the classroom? How do I make a network of people that be willing to donate a significant amount of time not just like guest speaker time, like I want to sit here and get dirty and dig in with this problem with you and help you, you know, work through it the way we do in industry, the way we do in, in, our, in our workforce. So that was my original problem. That's what I wanted to solve. And you have to put a video together and um, you have to cram all that into like an, a minute and a half video explaining your problem and why you want to solve it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got in and I was super excited, went to L.A. for we were there three or four days, three days. And it's fast paced, man. Like you were, you're the three days that you're there, three and a half days that you're there, it is booked. Like you, you're doing something from the moment you get there to the moment you go to bed and wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Um, the benefit that I had is that I had done a lot of design thinking workshops and you go through the design thinking process to kind of fine tune your problem. So that helped me. I wasn't learning something new while doing that. So um, I'm not sure, I can't speak for every cohort. If that's what they do every cohort, I know that's what we did. Um, and it was just, it was great. You get to meet, like I mentioned earlier, you get to meet incredible people that are not necessarily like the biggest names in education or the biggest names on social media. They're just good people, man. And it's so, it's so nice to read, to meet like really good, honest, real people and, and, and exchange ideas and realize like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to follow. So going back to Twitter, you don't have to follow all these big names. You just need to follow people. And Look at what they're doing because people. There's a lot of people doing amazing things, and so I really got to connect with people like Susanna, um, and, which is awesome. And a lot of them we still we still exchange ideas now, um, which is cool. So it, it definitely helps build your network because you, we are part of a Twitter, not a Twitter, but a, uh, a, a email feed uh, of people and innovators. So you can always reach out to people for different things um, on there. So I, I would I recommend you do it. You have to go through Google. You have to be a Google. Um, Level one and level two, you have to take those two tests. Um, and if you've been using Google, I don't know, for two years, three years, I, I think you'll be fine to take those two tests. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, those those tests are not super difficult if you've been using those tools. Right, right. Um, and they let you use a computer while you take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get to use the... They encourage you to research while you're taking yeah. the test, which is great. Yeah, have your tabs open. Um, yeah, yeah. Funny story, though, really, really quickly. I knew you had... They have the camera on you when you do this. Right. So I thought you had to stay at the computer. 
I had to go to the bathroom about halfway through. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, so like an hour, I didn't go because I thought you couldn't get up from the computer. Um, and so when I finished mine, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm done. I slammed my computer closed and ran down the hallway. Uh, and, and then somebody told me, like, no, you can get up and leave. Like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> I would have so I, I would have assumed I, I would have assumed the same thing. Um, <laughs> So, Manuel, awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Some visual thinking. Sketch Notice Cafe at MassQ coming up in the fall. Um, you can follow Manuel on Twitter and Instagram at ManuelHerrera33. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us on the Get a Q podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was great. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the Get a Q podcast from MassQ, here to educate, connect, and inspire.